I'm super excited you're here. My name is Casey Griffin. I'm one of the associate pastors. Um, and if I haven't met you, please come introduce yourself to me after service because everyone knows this about me. I love best friends, and trust me, there's room for more. So we can be best friends. Come talk to me. Let's hang out. Let's do it. It's going to be awesome. So um, Pastor Derek, who is the director here, and his wife Taylor are in Springfield this week. I was on the phone with them yesterday, and Taylor said she was wearing a t-shirt, like it was warm and sunny, and Derek even made the comment that it was hot, so pray for no jealousy towards them, so it's okay, the snow will be gone soon, but they're at a director's training, so they'll be back next week, and it'll be a good time, but tonight, I'm super excited to get to share with you guys, so if you've been to Kai Alpha before, um, Derek usually likes to start out his sermons with like a story from his childhood or um, something about his early college years, and we usually get to see like a really nice picture of him um, to just kind of like illustrate the point, right? Unfortunately, I don't have like an embarrassing picture of me. I just have like little freshman Casey um, with the one and only Katie Boldy, right? She's a rock star. Can we just clap for her? I just feel like she needs appreciation, so tell Katie later how amazing she is, but... Um, that's going to illustrate my story tonight, just a good old picture of freshman Casey and sophomore Katie. Um, but if you don't know, Katie is a year older than me, and she was my freshman year small group leader, so it's really cute. She's like my spiritual mom. Um, but Katie was one of the many new leaders that year because Chi Alpha was being revitalized at the time, um, and so most of the leaders that year were new. Um, and she really didn't know what she was doing, to be honest. Like, she'll admit that, just to be clear. I'm not just, like, making fun of her. She says it all the time, um, that she didn't know what she was doing, nor did anyone else, really. Um, they were all just kind of find, trying to figure it out as they went. Um, but I may be biased, obviously, but I thought that Katie was a pretty good leader. Um, she still is a great leader. But Katie's main goal as a leader was to just be the best friend as possible um, that she could be to her girls, and that, ter- that seemed to work out pretty well. So... There was this time, my freshman year, um, it was shortly after I had gotten out of a long-term relationship, and I was just like really not doing okay, right? Not only was I grieving that relationship, but I didn't like my classes, I wanted to change my major, I was stressed out all the time, and I was trying to figure out what my life looked like with Jesus outside of this ex-boyfriend. But then I started developing feelings for this really cute boy um, a little too quickly. Yes, that's John, just to be clear. John is my cute boy. but it was poor timing, right? I shouldn't have liked him at the time. It was a little too fast. And I was just trying to be wise, right? You know, 18-year-olds just trying to be wise. Um, so I was so conflicted with, like, emotions and just all these feelings. And I was wanting to honor God with my life. And I just thought, I literally thought the world was ending because I started to have a crush on a boy, which is ridiculous. But I know it sounds like it's not that big of a deal. But at the moment, like, I was having a major dilemma, and I just needed to process everything that was going on in my head. So I texted my good pal Katie and asked if she had time for me in that busy schedule of hers. And less than 20 minutes later, we were meeting in Schindler. And I cried, and I vented, and I was processing all my emotions. And Katie listened, and she gave sage advice like she always does. And Katie was there for me in that moment that I needed her. Later on in that conversation, after I had mentally recollected myself, I found out that Katie actually skipped a class to meet with me, like one of her like major classes that she really should have been at. Um, She missed it so she could meet with me. Katie sacrificed her time, time that she really didn't even have, to be honest, to be with me. She really skipped class so I could talk about a boy, something that really wasn't all that important to her and in no way affected her life. And honestly, probably something she knew that I was making a bigger deal out of than it needed to be. 
but she was willing to be generous with her time and willing to use her ability to listen well and give good advice because she knew I needed it in that moment. And if you've ever been on the receiving end of someone else's generosity, you know just how like awestruck it can be, right? When someone else sacrifices something for you, like that feels really good. Whether someone invests in you with their time or financially or just sharing their skills with you um, in some kind of way, just blessing you, being on the receiving end of generosity is amazing, right? Like we can all agree on that. And it's easy to think that like that generous person is like a rarity and like how could a perfect human exist? That, wow, you're incredible. But the truth is, God desires for each and every one of us to be generous beyond what we think we're capable of. The Bible talks about generosity a couple dozen times when I was researching different scriptures to um, incorporate into this message. I realized there's a lot. The Bible talks about generosity a lot. And so it's clear to see from scripture that God desperately wants us to be willing to give to him and to give to one another. And it's easier for us to assume that when the Bible talks about generosity, that it's only referencing people um, like giving money or helping out the poor. And while being generous with your finances is super important and it's something that God asks us to do, I think that living a generous lifestyle is so much more than just giving away your money. And there's some of us in this room who tend to like zone out when someone starts talking about generosity. Um, maybe that's because we don't think it applies to us. Maybe because we don't have a job or just like extra cash lying around. We're like, how could I be generous? So please don't zone out because this message is also for you. When we have those feelings, I feel like we, we forgot or maybe we've never been told that being generous isn't just about the money. It's about your heart behind the giving. And to be honest, you don't even really need to have money to live a generous lifestyle. And there's probably others of you in the room who maybe you feel like you already are living that generous life, constantly giving yourself without ever receiving, and maybe you're just feeling really burnt out. I feel like that's a lot of people in the room that you just feel really burnt out and you need a refresher on why you give of yourself to other people. Or maybe you're in here and you're not a Christian, and if you're honest, you've seen some really poor examples of people who call themselves Christians um, but aren't willing to give you the time of day, and I'm sorry if that's happened, um, but we are called to be sacrificial for others, and that's what I kind of want to portray to us tonight. But no matter where you are on that spectrum of people, my prayer for you tonight is that God would touch your heart and encourage you to be more like him and to be more generous. And so if you haven't guessed it yet, that's what we're talking about tonight. Generosity is this new sermon series um, that we're talking about tonight and then next week as well. Sorry, my mouth's really dry. So tonight and next week. So tonight we're going to talk about time and talents. And next week, Derek is going to be back and he's going to talk about your treasures. So Derek gets to talk about money. I'm off the hook for that one. So that's good. But we're going to get into it. So if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 tonight. So 2 Corinthians um, is in the New Testament. It's about halfway through the New Testament. And it's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to um, the Corinthian church because he knew some problems that were going on in there and he just wanted to be able to correct them and kind of guide them back to the way that Jesus has called us to live. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 12 says this. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. 
As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, the righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So we'll be focusing on this passage tonight and just diving into what God wants to say to us about being generous. Um, So if you remember nothing else from tonight, the main idea is this. We must be generous with the time and talents that God has given us. So before we dig into this a little more, I just want to pray and see what God has for us tonight. So Jesus, I just pray that you would be in this room, God, um, that every word that comes out of my mouth would be yours and not mine, Father, and that you would um, truly just pierce our hearts tonight with um, the ability to be generous, God, the call on our lives to be a generous people and to show your character um, through what we do, through being sacrificial with our times and talent, God, and I just pray um, that you would just speak to every single one of us so clearly tonight. I love you so much. Amen. Awesome. So, as we are being generous, we are to give without reservation. So, in the first couple of verses here, Paul is instructing the people of Corinth to live more generously. So, we can assume that the people in Corinth weren't very generous because Paul felt the necessity to tell them to be more generous. We don't know whether they struggled with being generous with their finances or their time or their talents, but it's fair to assume that Paul just wants them to be more generous people all around. In verse 6, Paul says that whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. So this act of reaping and sowing is a farming reference. Um, Not a farmer, but when farmers sow or plant seeds into their field, they're more likely to see a more bountiful harvest. That makes sense, right? So like the more seeds you plant, the more likely you are to get more crops. Science. Thank you. (laughs) Paul gives this example as an encouragement um, to the readers to not just give a little and to give sparingly, but to give abundantly out of what they have. And so if the Christians in Corinth were only giving brief moments of time to one another, um, not taking time to invest in their friendships, Paul's illustration was probably challenging them to give their time more abundantly, putting time and effort into the relationships with one another and then also with God. But Paul just doesn't, doesn't just stop there. He goes on to tell the Corinthians how they should be giving. He says in verse 7 that we should not give reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What does it mean to be a cheerful giver? In general, I think it means to be joyful, even when you're sacrificing something. Personally, that's really hard. I understand. Sacrificing something is not easy, and it's not always easy to be joyful. But to give out a place of celebrating and remembering all that we have been given and cheerfully wanting to give back with gratitude. Like taking time to be grateful for the sacrifices that have been made for you, and then you can make a sacrifice for someone else out of that grateful heart and out of that thankfulness. This can be so hard in the world we live in because everyone just wants more and more, and it's so easy to forget what has already been done for us um, or the things that we already do have. But Paul goes on to say in verse 8 that out of giving cheerfully, God will bless you abundantly so that in all things... At all times, you will have all the things we need. Did you hear that? He will bless us abundantly with the things we need. Not the things we want, with the things we need. How cool of a God is that that we serve that he's going to bless us with the things we need, and he knows exactly what we need and how to fill that need. That, I think God is pretty cool for that, but 
We have to be willing to give generously to share our time and our talents with the body of Christ without any kind of reservation. We can't hold back any kind of sacrifice from our God. So when I think of someone who gives without any kind of reservation, and possibly even without a second thought, I think of my wonderful, wonderful co-leader, Catherine Steins. So if you're familiar with the Enneagram at all, Catherine is a type two, so hardcore. So a type two is, is called the helper, which basically just means that you're willing to do anything for anyone at any time, no matter if it's super inconvenient or you really don't want to do it, you're going to do it. And Catherine is literally that to a T. She's insanely good at being generous with her time. And trust me, she does not give it sparingly. She gives it to everyone. So if you want to hang out with her, she will say yes. And she's really cool. So 10 out of 10 would recommend being her friend. Um, so last semester was actually really hard on Catherine. She ended up dropping several classes, didn't have a job or a steady income at the time, and was just really not confident in her role as a small group leader. And she found herself not having a lot of time on her hands and getting stressed out really easily. But something changed this semester. Catherine decided to start giving her time more generously, somehow, um, to others and then to God as well. And she got organized with her schedule and made a commitment to giving her time. And it's crazy because now Catherine works a full-time job, literally 40 hours a week. She has six classes that she takes, is not only a small group leader in Chi Alpha, but meets regularly with every girl in our group. Um, she's a connect captain, so she's the one who's yelling at you to be social distant, and like, but also in a happy way, and it makes you feel good somehow. Um, and she pretty much serves every weekend at sent in one of the positions, and somehow she still manages to go on late night drives with me. She makes time for literally everyone. And it wasn't an open schedule or an easier workload that lifted the burden off of Catherine's shoulders this semester. It was Jesus. He blessed her abundantly with more time and less weight to carry because she said yes to being obedient with the small time that she did have and was willing to give it for others. When it comes to giving our time without any reservation, it can be a daunting task, right? A lot of us are like, I don't even have time right now because time is so precious and we will never get it back. That makes giving your time generously all the more impactful to the person that you're giving it to. And when it comes to being generous with our talents and our abilities, we need to use them to build up the church and to make God's name great. And yes, this also builds off of time, but we have to take the time to use the gifts and abilities that God has already given us. So let's give our time and talents without any reservation, okay? Maybe this looks like giving up that hour nap that you've craved all day to go be with that friend who needs to talk about something going on in their life, even if it doesn't affect your life at all. Or maybe it looks like giving up that extra hour of sleep to come join us in morning prayer every Thursday at 7 a.m. on Zoom. Or maybe it just looks like turning off your phone to spend an extra 10 minutes in God's presence. God desires time with you, but we have to be willing to give it to him. Whether that's spending time in worship or reading your Bible or praying or just sitting in silence with him, he wants to be with you. But we have to be willing to actually give him that time, even when it's inconvenient for us. And when it comes to giving your talents without reservation, give your talents in whatever way possible. Maybe you're an incredible baker. Bake treats for your small group, especially if you're in my small group. Maybe you're a study expert, host study nights, and offer it to people who are, you know, are struggling or maybe just have a hard time studying. 
God has equipped you with special talents, and he wants to use you to build his church. And when we say yes to being, using, being used by God without any reservation, he will bless you with what you need. Like, that's biblical. He's going to do that. But the best part, the best part about giving generously isn't our reward or the things that he blesses with us, blesses for us afterwards. The best part is what it brings God. So being generous brings glory to God. So in verses 10 and 11, Paul says that he who supplies seed to the sower will also increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. So God wants us to be generous and he'll supply us with whatever it takes to be generous so we can be more generous. Like that's a good deal right there. But in verse 11, he ends with saying, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And I think this can be applied in two ways. I think the first way, as you are generous, you will thank God um, for supplying with you with what you needed to be generous in the first place. But also, your generosity could result in somebody else being thankful to God. How cool is that? By sacrificing your time or sharing your abilities with people, you get to glorify God in that. Someone else may be grateful to God because of your obedience to being generous. When Paul asked the early believers to share their talents with one another, some probably baked, others sewed, some were probably really good at organizing things, and when they brought all their talents together, we see in the Bible that amazing things happened. The early church began to grow almost rapidly. And as the church grew, God became more and more known to people and more people praised him. So the generosity of our talents and abilities matter. We never know what's going to happen, what's, what is going to happen with the church, how many people it's going to reach based on us being obedient with our talents and with our time. So most of you probably know my husband, the guy up here who said I was his favorite person, just in case that wasn't clear, that's my husband. Um, but if you don't know, John is in charge of all things sound and tech here related at Chi Alpha and at Scent Church. Um, and there's a lot that goes into leading the tech team but especially into his job running sound and teaching other people how to do it too. So not only is it time-consuming listening to all the songs beforehand and training all the sound technicians and knowing how the soundboard works and researching any and every kind of worship tech that comes out, I think that's the main thing on his YouTube. Um, it requires a lot of skill, to say the least. John's understanding of all things technical is seriously beyond my comprehension. Half the stuff he says about the soundboard, I'm like, you lost me. Um, and to run the soundboard well, you have to have like an ear for it um, and the ability to maintain calm under pressure, something I don't have, um, so I will never be running sound, sorry. You need an understanding of how routing works. I don't know what that word means. I, there's probably like two people in this room who know what, what I'm talking about, um, but John's just said it a hundred times, so I know it's important. You need to know how to do that. You need to have that skill. Um, and another talent that John has when it comes to sound stuff is fixing broken things. I swear, like, literally every day there's a cord in our apartment that needs soldering um, for either Scent or Chi Alpha, so he, has to, he does that all the time, too. Um, and just a lot of stuff that is beyond my understanding. Long story short, he's good at what he does. He has a lot of talent, and he takes a lot of time for it. And all these things that John and the other sound technicians do is to create the best atmosphere possible for worship that they can. So, yes, we can still encounter God without all of their hard work, 
but their goal is to eliminate any distractions that we might have during service so that we can solely focus on our relationship with God. So John has this insane ability to understand things and the ability to teach others how to do it. And John is really generous when it comes to his talent so that we get to experience an excellent service with little to no distraction. So if we're in the middle of worship and like John was adjusting something on the board and you like hear this really large popping noise, you're gonna get distracted, right? Like you're gonna notice that. And even if it's just for a second, your attention would be taken off of what, what God was doing in your heart or doing in your mind, and it would be taken off that to whatever is happening. We would all notice that. And John's goal, and the other sound technician's goal, is to be able to help you focus on God and God alone. And so when John uses his abilities on the tech team, his goal is for you to leave service having encountered God. And so when you're thankful, when you're leaving a Tuesday night service and you're thankful that God has moved in your life, that he's done something, that you're able to um, encounter him, John knows that he used his talents to bring glory to God. And that's what God wants all of us to use our talents for. So if you have a talent, and I know you all do because God has given each of us talents, no matter what it is, God wants to use it to build up his church. So there are way, way more roles that happen in this community than just the few people who get up here on this stage. So if God has given you that awesome talent of remembering people's names, join the Connect team, do it. You'll be so good at it. Maybe you love organizing things and you're really good at budgeting. Help your friends budget well. Help them be good stewards of their finances. And if you're gifted with like a good eye for things, join the photography team. Do it. They, wow, they take some good pictures. Haley's up here getting some good pics of me right now. Um, but if you have insanely good hospitality skills, invite people over to your apartment. Have a game night. Do something fun and, and use those skills. Use your talents in whatever way possible to serve God and to bring him as much glory as possible. And yes, being generous with these talents will take more time. Giving time to God means that you probably have to sacrifice time elsewhere. But remember this, we will always take time for the things that are most important to us. It can be really tempting to say, I don't have time to serve and excuse ourselves from serving. And trust me, I've been there and I still face that temptation. But I think we need to ask ourselves, do we really not have time? Or are we just filling our time with unimportant things? Worship team, if you'll join me. We all have the same number of hours in a day, but it's about what we do with those hours that really makes the difference. Maybe it's only an hour here or 10 minutes there um, that we're giving to things like social media or TV or something else that isn't actually that important to us. I want to encourage you guys to try and be generous with that and to give it to God or to your friends or the, to the church and be generous with it in some kind of way. There are things that only you can do or a gift that maybe only you have in this community. There's something that only you can bring to the table. But in order for the church to be built up with that, we have to be willing to be generous with our time and our talents that God has given us. Maybe you're in this room tonight and you call yourself a Christian, but if you're honest, you haven't really been living this generous lifestyle. You're doing the Jesus thing and you're spending time with him, but the character of God of being generous isn't really something that you focus too much on. 
whether you've withheld your talents and abilities from serving God or you haven't been willing to sacrifice your time, I believe that God wants to challenge us tonight to start living a life that reflects his abundant generosity towards you and towards other people. Christ has been so, so generous to us. There are people all around us who need to be on the receiving end of that generosity too. What's holding you back from being generous? There's others of you here who, maybe you don't call yourself a Christian, um, and maybe you once had a relationship with Jesus, but since you've walked away. And I want you tonight know, to know tonight that Jesus wants a relationship with you. The most important reason behind why Christians ought to be generous is because Jesus has been generous to us. And we want you to be able to feel that gift too, to feel that generosity too. Even though we are so undeserving, we get to receive the ultimate act of generosity from God. And once you enter into a relationship with Jesus, he's gonna use you if you let him. He wants to use you. You have skills and abilities and, and talents that only you have. No matter how long you've been walking with him, he wants to use you to be generous towards others and to show him, to show others who he really is. Are you willing to say yes to whatever God asks of you to be generous with? If you guys will stand with me. What would happen if we as a community committed ourselves to going out of our way to be generous with our time and our talents, as generous as humanly possible. If we aren't willing to sacrifice our time for others and show people the heart of Jesus, how will they ever know God's character? How will they ever know God's true heart for them if he's willing to sacrifice everything for them and we're not willing to sacrifice even just a little bit? How are they gonna know? Let's be the people that are crazy enough to say, God can do way more with my time than I can do with it. What if we were the people who volunteered for things first? Even when it was inconvenient, even when it, we knew it was gonna make us tired, even when we knew it probably wouldn't be all that fun. What if we were the people who said yes to serving and using the gifts that God wants us to use because he has given us that gift? People who are far from Jesus will notice that something is different about you. When you're excited to sacrifice things in your life, like that's crazy. And people are gonna notice that about you, that you're excited to sacrifice things. Because only crazy people would be cheerful about laying their lives down for others. But let's be those people. Not because we feel guilty, but because we're so, so moved by what God has done in our lives that we can't help but wanna do that for other people, to even just give a percentage of the sacrifice that Jesus has given for us. We can no longer tell ourselves this lie that we don't have any time to be with Jesus or that there's nothing in our lives that we can be generous with. And I know you guys are busy and I know there's a lot of you who maybe you're just sitting here and you're thinking, there's nothing more that I can give. But I just want to encourage you guys to press into Jesus and be like, what is next? What is there left? What can I give? What can I be generous with? And I'm not saying you guys have to skip class like Katie did or give every spare second of your time to, to be on a team here at Chi Alpha. But I believe that God is calling us to be a people who will give whatever we can, whenever we can, 
to see people come to know him. And if you're in this room right now and you aren't a follower of Jesus, I want to say I'm sorry because I feel like we as a, as a group of believers haven't done the best job in the past at being generous with our time or generous with our talents um, to show you even that small percentage of, of who Christ is. And we want to reflect God's character as best we can. Jesus has given us the ultimate act of generosity. And the gift has been extended to you as well. And he's just waiting for you to accept it. God, the creator of all things, humbled himself, left heaven to come to earth, to live the perfect life, to take the punishment for everything that we could ever do wrong. He saw you in the moment where you were hurting the most and he died in your place and he knew what it meant to take your punishment and he still decided to do it. He still decided to take that punishment. Jesus gave it all. He was generous with it all and he sacrificed it all for you, for each and every single one of us. And to receive this beautiful, beautiful gift from Jesus, all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you get to enter into a relationship with him. So if everyone would bow their heads and close their eyes, I want to give those people a chance to respond to Jesus tonight. So if you feel like that's you and, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus right now, or maybe you once did and you walked away, and you want to be on that receiving end of his generosity, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. With no one looking around, this is just an outward sign that we do here at Kyle um, as a symbol between you and him to show him like Jesus, to show Jesus that you're all in and that you're ready to be a part of his family. I just, I pray that you would come into our hearts so thick right now, God. Jesus, that we would be willing to say yes to anything and everything that you've asked us to do, God. We thank you for paying the ultimate price, for coming down to earth, to humbling yourself, to being as generous as, as we could ever imagine, God, for paying the ultimate price, for being our sacrifice, God, for showing what, us what it looks like to give it all. God, I pray that you would allow us um, just to be with you right now, God, to say yes to this gift that you're, that you're extending to us and that we would rejoice knowing that, that you're our Lord and that we get to spend eternity with you forever. Amen. The second response is for those of you who call yourselves followers of Christ, but if you're honest, being generous with your time and your talents has been really hard. Maybe you feel like there's no more time or there's no more talents to even give. Tonight, I wanna to invite you guys to commit to the call in your life to be the most generous person you can be, to be the most generous daughter you can be, to be the most generous son that you can be. That you would ask Jesus to help you give whatever time you have, whatever way possible, to see the kingdom of God grow. And if you just put your faith in Jesus a minute ago, you can commit to this as well. So if you're ready to be a part of what God wants to do on this campus, in and through you, to be the most generous generation that we've seen, I'm gonna ask that you guys would just put out both of your hands right now. Um, 
And I'm gonna pray for us that God would just speak to us what areas of our life we can be more giving. So Jesus, I just thank you so much for calling us to be a generous people, God. I pray that you would use us to show this campus um, just a little outage of how um, sacrificial you are, God, that you would come to give us life. Jesus, that you would pay the ultimate price to give us life, God. And I just pray that you would just do some heart surgery right now, God. And, um, Help us to just be so willing to give it all to you, God, because you've given it all to us. And um, Jesus, I just ask that you would point out the areas of, in our, of our lives that we're not being willing to give you our time, God, that we're being selfish with our talents, God, that we're not willing to say, Jesus, this is yours. You've given it to me, so I'm going to give it back to you. God, I pray that you would just point out that area or that time or that talent, God, that we get to give to you. And Father, that we would step forward out of this night, um, God, into just fulfilling that call that you've asked us to. And Jesus, I just pray that we would be the most generous generation that this campus has seen, that this world has seen, that it would be so crazy for us to be so giving. Father, we just love you so much and we just pray that you would do what seems impossible and show us what seems impossible.